Hey everybody, welcome to episode 63 of Two Views Movies Podcast. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to Two Views Movies Podcast, coming to you from Kansas City, Missouri. We are a spoiler-filled podcast by two guys who love watching movies almost as much as we love arguing about them. I'm Garrett. And I'm Carson. And we are talking First Man today, the kickoff of Oscar season, right? It feels like. It feels like. It's about right. I mean, I guess technically, probably A Star is Born was... Last week. Last week, and yeah. probably the real first time we got an Oscar buzzy fall type movie. We're in it. We are in it. And I mean, we're back to back weeks in it now. <laughs> but First Man with Ryan Gosling. It's directed by Damien Chazelle. It's a look at the life of the astronaut Neil Armstrong and the legendary space mission that led him to become the first man to walk on the moon on July 20th, 1969. Mentioned it was directed by Damien Chazelle, who. I guess is like a young stud in terms of Hollywood directing because he's two for two in Oscar nominated movies so far with yeah. Whiplash and La La Land. Yeah, two two good ones to start out with. Yeah, and I forgot what he won for Whiplash. Actually, you know what? I don't think he won anything for Whiplash. I don't think he did. Yeah. It was up for Best Picture. It didn't, and I'm not sure if it really won anything. And La La Land won several awards and then got faked out on. Best picture in that <laughs> infamous episode, but it's got Ryan Gosling, Claire Foy, who to me went from not being in anything to being in stuff now. Like every time I turn around, like she's in this, she's in uh, the sequel coming up here later this month, the Dragon Tattoo, a Girl in the Spider's Web. Oh, right, yeah. And she was just in something else that's escaping me, but. Uh, yeah, I just I feel like I didn't hear about her like a year or so ago, and now I, I can't not see her. She's got a good agent. Yeah, it's got Kyle Chandler, who's been around forever. Jason Clark, who I never really like in a bunch of movies. He's in uh, War of the Planet of the Apes, I think, or was he in Rise? He's in Rise of the Rise, Planet of the Apes. Yeah. yeah, and he's in a bunch of other Terminator stuff. Genesis. Yeah, he played who ruins that movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I always remember him, though, because you and I saw an article on Screen Rant a long time ago, not a long time ago, maybe a year or two ago, that talked about potential Batmans, and he was on there, and you and I were just appalled at that. I, I stopped reading the rest yeah. of the list. I don't mind him, but like uh, the guy no. does not, in any way, sense of the word, say Batman. No, and nor should he ever have a lead role in anything. This is probably perfect for the amount of, of him we need in yeah. a movie. right. And we had a lot of that guys in this movie. There's a lot of background guys that you'll recognize that you may not be able to place, but it's a good cast all around, I think. All right, so first man. I definitely feel like there's two different ways we can go with this because to me, the movie felt like two parts. And I think I think everybody's going to pick up on that and it's just going to matter everybody's final impression is probably going to be some kind of calculus of how much you like the space stuff or not, and how much you liked the drama stuff and not, because there's really kind of two distinct parts to the movie. There's the parts on earth and the parts uh, yeah, sorry. in space. When I say space, I mean All anything, re anything related to NASA test flights, anything like that. So I think I started using the words when I was typing my notes or my review, like mission related. So you have the mission related stuff and then you have Neil's personal life. So I think there's 
two halves to the whole. And I think people are going to feel those two halves and feel them differently. And then how they weight them is going to really end up determining their net score, I think. So interesting. Where where do you want to start? I'll let you pick on well, this one. Well, let, well, let's let's do that. Let's let's cut it in half and okay. talk about each each sector. Okay. And uh, we'll start with with how the movie started with space stuff. Okay. I loved that first scene. That it was so. It was a perfect way to start. It was him testing out a new air airplane, whatever we want to call it, rocket plane, a little bit of both. And I I thought the the effects looked great. Everything from the cockpit looked great. It was intense. I mean, when he <laughs> tries to go back down to Earth after he's hit the rocket and he's up in above the atmosphere, and then they tell him to like you know bank to the left or whatever, so that he can start his descent. He's and got no control. The stick yeah. won't move, and then they show the uh, altitude meter, and it just slowly starts to tick up, and you're like, what? What? And then you hear them come over the headset and they're like you're skipping off the atmosphere so you're like oh god that would be that'd be terrifying you better be sent off into space yeah. yeah well and they do a really good job i think from and this is across the board but i noticed it in this first scene really well too like how rickety these things were that they were sending these guys up in oh yeah i mean the things are just like shaking and vibrating and like i think he looks down at his feet at one point and <laughs> it looks like he, like whoever decided to give him an idea or you know put like a clear flooring because i think they show like the glow from his feet at one point i don't know if it was that scene or a later scene but i remember thinking like i wouldn't like that (laughs) i know how high i am i don't need to be able to look down and see through that yeah and and you mentioned the technology side we'll we'll get back to the the scene in a second but we don't even have color tv yeah and we're sending people into space and thinking this thing's gonna hold together right like that's that's nuts i i think that at the time people thought it was probably a good idea but knowing where our technology is now and looking back at it, it looks insane. It looks it, completely insane. It should not. Like, th- I, like they I'm should made, not have been doing that. Like that, we they didn't have clearly they didn't have cell phones then. Yet you can talk to somebody on the moon. Just baffles my mind how how that happened. Right, and you know, and how they just how did they figure it out? Yeah. I mean, there's not a lot of trial yeah, and error. I mean, it's, it's, yeah. it's you're there, you're not. It's NASA, and these guys are insanely smart, but. Yeah, I mean, I I read, you know, there's all those things where they say, like, how much computing power or whatever they had. But the one I just read the other day was, like, the the old school NES that we grew up with had two times the computing power as, like, the lunar module. Well, and you saw him in his second trip, you know, doing the calculations on paper. Yeah. You know, and it's like, this is how I'm going to get back to Earth is me me doing this math in my head while spinning in a circle. Right. It it always, I think, because, you know, we live in America, and that's one of the most, I mean, not just American moments, but, like, of mankind, right? You know, as the saying goes, I mean, we, we put a guy on the moon, but we essentially did it by strapping him in a metal bucket to a top of several rockets. It's amazing that any of that ever worked. Yeah, even just getting out of the atmosphere, or getting back into the atmosphere, yeah. you know, any of that stuff, just just amazing. And while we were watching that, that scene, um... It, it it kept going and is it called an altimeter? Uh, that's what I had I, in my head. It's I think it's like altimeter or I don't know exactly how you enunciate the syllables, but that's why I went for altitude meter. Altitude meter. <laughs> yeah. Well, the whole time I was sitting there thinking, I was like, how do those work? Oh, I I had the and, same. Thought. And so and I'm like, I was okay. So something to do with gra- gravity or whatever. And then I was like, but he's out of the atmosphere. Right. Why is that still going up? Yeah, and I was like, I don't know how those work. I don't either. I I actually had the same exact thought because I was like, does it? 
Because you don't lift off from ground zero, right? I mean, especially if you're in a rocket and stuff, you're you're way higher than that. So, like, how does it measure itself? I mean, is it use some kind of barometric pressure? But then, even then, if you're outside the atmosphere, how yeah. does it know? Again, <laughs> this is two so guys the, yeah, sitting the, here talking <laughs> movies, and NASA is like, "You idiots! We had this figured out." Like, <laughs> right? <laughs> That's something in the 30s. You know, we knew how yeah how high you could be. Yeah. Right? Yeah, we. I, yeah, I had the same thing. Like that was the one thing like filming wise that I thought they did an excellent job of like it wasn't like these machines were pristine and I mean it's old school switches and dials and just it had that kind of steel olive color that we all kind of remember of like when when we were young that's not even what we had but like the old schools that were still around had old lock like everything was just so old like what the school it's, lockers that was your, yeah yeah it's yeah. like it's so amazing that that they were able to do that so I completely agree with with everything about that. <laughs> so yeah, I really love the first scene. It was one of my favorite scenes just because it, to me it was an example of um so I know you and I talked about this in the preview but you know, clearly I knew Neil Armstrong was not dying on that right. flight. But it was still intense to me and the the things that they did, you know, they they film it from just inside the cockpit, right? Like you're not getting all these shots of his airplane from the outside flying, zipping through the sky, like top gun, right? Everything is locked into the cockpit. You're sensing what he's sensing. A lot of first person point of views of what he's seeing. Um, yeah. Even something as simple as like that, that altitude meter just creeping back up was just like, Oh crap. And then like when you're waiting for it to go down, you're just like, Oh, is it going to happen? <laughs> like, I know it's going to happen, but what, like, is there something to this story that I didn't know where they had to like go rescue him? Cause I, I don't know the entire history of Neil, Neil or NASA, or, I mean, we all know the highlights, right? We all know Apollo 13. Now we all, I mean, I knew Apollo one going into this. I knew Apollo 11. So, but I didn't know any of the, the Gemini space missions. Oh, uh, and I hate, <laughs> hate NASA for that. I guess that's what they really did. That, that's what they called it. Yeah. yeah. And it's, because I went back because it bugged me throughout because I'm a I'm a Gemini yeah know? and so I'm I'm used to hearing Gemini are you I, I am <laughs> and uh, and they purposefully mispronounced it well I don't think it's, I don't think it's mispronounced it is mispronounced and they admitted such things oh see I I thought and I read the New York Times article and oh I thought I read that it was uh, a Latin if in Latin that's how you would say it no that's what the that's what the New York Times article thing because I, I was looking it up and I listened to old film and like they're calling it i was like why are they calling it jiminy yeah and everybody is calling it jiminy <laughs> i was like that i hate that yeah and i'd never yeah. heard it pronounced like that either so no. it caught me off guard but then there was so many people saying it where i was like okay well clearly yeah, i was like why is that guy saying it and then and everybody <laughs> right. else started saying it and i'm like dang it yeah. i hate that <laughs> i hate you nasa yeah so i i liked every mission related scene uh i don't have one issue or one complaint with how anything was filmed, how anything looked. There's even a, you know, when they, when they did try to take it out of the cockpit and into a view, like I remember one where when they're finally on the moon mission and they, they zoom out and you're looking at space and there's this little tiny space shuttle or rocket, like going across the screen. Like that's one of the few times they back out. So I really liked everything felt insanely real. I never felt anything was green screened. I never felt like, uh, they weren't actually in a ship doing something. I, everything was so well put together from the space flight stuff to me, or all the test flights. Yeah, and uh, I like that. I mean, it was from a first-person point of view, so it's what they felt like. Yeah. Which, 
if you're squeamish at all, you know, they spin a lot, you know, you might get dizzy or vertigo, you know, watching, because one of those, it just kept spinning. Yeah. You know, I didn't know that story either. No, but it was, uh, it kept, kept going and it's shaking a lot. There's a lot of shake because he's in a rocket and the rocket's shaking as it's going. Right. And so there's a lot of just him shaking. And so if if you have any sensitivity to that, you know, that, that sucked for you. <laughs> See, I've had a few movies that have messed with me like that, but this Blair one, Witch. Blair Witch. I got, you were with me in that one. I started yeah. getting, I about threw up, yeah. but which is weird. Cause I've never had that, that bad Cloverfield, the strobe lights got me, um, on one scene after they'd already been doing shaky cam the whole time, but I didn't even really recognize it in this movie. It wasn't in space. It was when he was at home when uh, the wife went to see the widow across the street uh-huh. and they had a guy basically run after her and it was clearly handheld and it, it was nauseating. So not only so he ran over there, but then even while they're talking, it's moving. And then it shows the boy uh, looking through the window without a dad. And then, shows her son and then even goes inside and Neil comes home and it's like, put the damn camera down. You know, it's, I feel like that's the only time they did that was that rush scene, but it truly, I was getting nauseous. Oh, during see, that part. The spinning didn't bother me at all, but that, that handheld camera, I was like enough because it was a straight three minutes. I didn't even recognize it. Oh, it was awful. Like when I saw that in your notes, I was like, I had to ask Jess. I was like, what, what is he talking about? I don't remember shaky cam at all. And then she's like, well, I think it was this scene. And I remember the scene, but I don't remember no, the shaky cam at all. It was bad. Oh yeah. I didn't even notice. I, I would have thought that they were fighting <laughs> and taken. Um, so the one thing I, cause I, I like space movies, obviously like 2001 and interstellar are two of my favorite movies. But the one thing I thought was an interesting contrast to this movie is you can tell the difference in scale and scope of what each of those movies is going for. Like Interstellar is all about, you know, going through wormholes and expanding humanity or whatever. And 2001 is kind of the same thing. So they, they make space feel like really big and really grand and vast and we'll never get through all of it. But this movie is equally as impressive technically with its visuals and everything. But it, like we just talked about, it does it on such a smaller scale. It's not, it's not trying to show you how big space is. It's actually trying to make space feel really small and terrifying. I think that, you know, there's very, there's only a few times where they talk really about like how far away the moon is and how far they have to go. Mostly it's all about the dangers of strapping yourself to a rocket or zero gravity or spinning or, you know, it's all those kinds of things, but it's all done in the context of, like the ship or that person in the ship. It's rarely outside views. It's rarely, like I said, it's such a contrast to go from the the vastness of space of those movies to just like, you almost feel claustrophobic watching this movie because everything's like shoulder to shoulder. You you do. Yeah. I mean, claustrophobic is a good, good word for this. Yeah. Even like the small things that they would do, like when they're putting him or anybody, I guess in the rockets, when they're loading him from the launch pads, like, they kind of they kind of take the camera and follow them in there, and you're just like shoulder to shoulder, and they're strapping them all down tight. You're like, oh god! I mean, they didn't have room to do anything. No. Like I remember when they uh, on the last mission when they're going to the moon, and they actually uh, can go into the lunar lander. Right. I'm like, oh god! I mean, there's like 20 feet of space in there. <laughs> what are they doing with all that space? And that's my impression, you know, from Apollo 13. Yeah. That movie of them being able to move around a little bit. 
you know, because they already had that connected. Yeah. I was like, when can they, because they're there for eight days, you know? You know, the whole trip was eight days, right? Yeah. And then uh, uh, did not have that much space for yeah. eight days is nuts. I God, even when you say that, like, <laughs> it, like it's single-handedly the greatest achievement in human history and the stupidest achievement in human history. Oh, yeah. It, it, may, it makes no sense. There's no purpose for us to even try it. Right. But... And it makes you, like, you know, it's kind of always been hokey for us because, you know, it was way before our time. But, like, when you hear people say, I mean, we put a man on the moon, we can do anything, you kind of just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, but, like, after watching this, it's like, <laughs> like yeah, I mean, that, that's kind of right. Like, we, we took a tin can and put a man on the moon with that tin <laughs> <Yeah>. can. <laughs> well, and the funniest thing is what they acknowledge in the beginning of this movie is that they didn't know what they were doing. When Kyle Chandler's at the chalkboard and he's like, well, the Russians are beating us at, at all the low orbit stuff. So we set a ridiculous goal that's so crazy that they have to start completely over. And we do, too. And we do, too. Yeah. Like, they basically just did it to one up the Russians. And they didn't even know if they could. I mean, there's a chance the Russians could have beat them to it. But hilarious that Cold War hype was just like, all right. We, we want to be first. Yeah. yeah. You got 10 satellites up. You got a few guys up. We're going to the moon. You even got the spacewalk first. Yeah. yeah everything. Yeah. yeah. It's so crazy. But yeah, I, I liked um, all, all the scenes. Um, the other one you mentioned was really excellent. The, the Gemini 8 where he loses control. And, Gemini. Yeah. And they spin and he's spinning at a rate of like one spin every second. And the music that they're playing during that too was really cool because it's I think it's supposed to be music, but it's supposed to also make you feel like that's what it sounded like because right. it's going. But that was that was intense. Again, another situation where like, okay, I know Neil survives, but how? Like, does the other guy survive? Did they have to somehow rescue him? And I don't know this, but you know, eventually he gets control of it. Yeah, and I feel like that they they spent a lot of time on these certain events that happened, uh, and it was already a two and a half hour movie. Yeah. And so I don't think it's that long. I think it's like two twelve. Two twenty, I thought, is what. Oh, I thought I don't know. I, I felt like it was shorter than whatchamacallit. I'm gonna look it up now. You look it right up. But I thought the things that they added was more of a because they use a lot of passing of time, but you know that they only use that time frame to get that event in. And some of them while it was a okay scene, I don't think they were all all necessary when you could have added more elsewhere which i'll get into later um like some of them were cool but it was a lot of repetitiveness i thought like what well you had him in the rocket at the beginning you know figuring it out and you had yeah. him spinning you know and then they spent a lot of time on the launch pad going to the moon a lot of time in the capsule of apollo apollo one yeah. you know i mean these are all events that were important to the space race but did you need them all for what you're trying to go for here I think so, because I think that they were going for, this wasn't about going to the moon necessarily. This was about Neil Armstrong. Well, and had it been about Neil Armstrong, which, um, again, when we get back to Neil's life, I think they could have taken some of that out and used that time more wisely on Neil. Yeah, but I think, I think they were trying to show the impact of some of these things on him. So I think they were relevant. I. I don't think you would want to just say, oh, hey, the Apollo 1 guys died and then show Neil beat up about that. I mean, it has way more of an impact to show that this is really super dangerous what they're doing. And Sure, but I'm saying all of all of them 
and every, yeah. everything that they did, I think that they needed to scale back on some of that. If we're if I need to cut some stuff because of what we need on the development of Neil himself, then you need to cut some of those things. Oh, I didn't have that feeling at all. I I thought everything mission related was perfect. Oh, they were long. Oh man, I wanted more of them. I yeah. was I was completely fine with all the mission stuff we were getting. I have literally zero complaints about any of the mission stuff. All the the effects, the story it's telling, uh the excitement, all that stuff around the missions is not even debatable five stars for me. It was fantastic. You couldn't film film it any better. You couldn't be more realistic with what they were trying to do. I mean, Chazelle for being a guy who has cut his teeth on musical movies. I mean, this was a big step for him to say, okay, I can go do something that's not musical related. I'm tackling uh, this space movie, which is completely different than anything else I've done. And to show that he can assemble those kinds of scenes just as well as like an interstellar on like a third of the budget is really, really impressive. It just seemed very repetitive to me on a lot of the stuff that they were doing. But which ones though? The training to the, to the actual things and then back to the training. And then it it was, it, again, I'm already at two and a half hours. And so, well, it's not it, like they added all the training at the end of two and a half hours. No, I'm saying where he was short is on the Neil stuff. And if oh. I, I got to cut stuff out, I'm going to cut out the repetitive space stuff. I didn't think so, you, Oh, I guess I didn't think you were short on the Neil stuff at all. No, I thought it was very short on the Neil stuff. So, oh. Well, I feel like I feel like most people's complaints are going to be that it was too long on the Neil stuff. Well, then it's the wrong Neil stuff. Maybe well, well, I, I I'm just well, saying let's, that let's I think stick that with space. We're I don't still think, in space yeah. right now. I don't think we that, haven't uh, quite gotten to Neil yet. It's just interesting because I think your point is going to be counterintuitive to what most people complain about. I think most people are going to say the personal stuff is what kind of fails for them and. Because not, it, yeah, but not only does do it, it right. but I well, but I don't think it's going to have anything to do with length. I don't think. I think most people are just going to say that it doesn't, it, it didn't work, resonate for them. But I don't think that's going to have any. I don't think you're going to hear anybody saying they wanted to see more of that. I think they're going to want. I think, I don't know. That's just what I feel like I read online, and what I feel everybody's gut reaction is going to be. I don't think so. Because I generally think that you're going to have most people say that the space scenes, flight scenes, whatever you want to call them, were were very very good. Nah. I I think that they they hit what he was going for, but beyond that, no thanks. What do you mean no thanks? I mean it's just him in a cockpit, and it's it's okay. Uh, okay, well you can boil everything down to it's a character in a something, but I mean no, it's, they're zoomed in on his face and it's, and it's just shaking for seven minutes. No, about ten different times in the movie, and it, it's fine. Anyway, we're that, still, is, that is such it, an oversimplification. One, it doesn't shake like shake, it doesn't shake, shake the whole me, time. Shake or spin. There you go. Well, right. Uh, I mean, they're spin. giving you a sense of what it was like to be on those on those rockets. Yeah, I, I mean, got it, I got it the first five times I, you did it. I didn't you know? think. I didn't. Well, he's only he's he's only three times in space, right? Well, he, and then in the module, and then again in the yeah. module. You mean in the trainer? Mm-hmm. Where they're trying to teach him zero G's. I mean, that's like a one minute scene, like a minute or a minute and a half. Yeah, which we've already seen that three times up to that point. No, not at that point. At that point, you've only seen him be in the the test rocket. 
Okay, so if you have him in the zero Gs, you don't need to see him spin again, and then again in the rocket. I mean, it again, is it is, it is, it is a, that's like saying I don't want to see astronauts float. I mean, that is kind of what happens. So do you yeah. not want the movie to be real? I mean, I guess I'm confused as if to... If you spent a third of the movie of watching astronauts float, then yes, I'd have the same complaint. Well, that, isn't that what happens in most movies about astronauts in space? Usually they're doing they something else when they're floating. I mean, he is flying the jet, or he is commanding the module and docking he's, with something. He's sitting there and it's rocketing, is what he's doing. How's that any different than any other space movie? Like Ma- Matthew McConaughey... He's, he, is stra- he is strapped to a seat and can't do anything. Matthew McConaughey in what? Interstellar, like when he's fly- when he's flying. Once. Okay, Once. so do you not like? Okay, when you watch like Top Gun, do you get mad that Maverick is just strapped into a to a but cockpit? He, he's doing something. He's the plane. We're seeing the plane fight and shoot and blow things up. Did you not have an idea of what Ryan and then Goose died? Did you not have any idea what Spoiler Ryan Gosling was for doing? Top Gun? Goose dies. <laughs> I mean, I guess what I'm saying is, do you not, do you need to be shown the outside of the spacecraft to know what Ryan Gosling no, is I doing? No, but I also don't need it consecutively doing it eight times. Uh, I guess I'm, I I'm don't know. Saying, I guess okay. I don't know what you expect for a movie about an astronaut when you have to see him flying and piloting the the various missions that he did, including going to the moon. I mean, do I, I need to see every mission? No, I don't. You didn't. You I saw, felt like it. You saw Gemini Eight, and you saw the Moon mission. Gemini. Yeah, I, I don't know. I I think you're off base on this one. No, I, I think those uh, those got old by the time we even got to the main one that we're supposed to be watching him go to the moon. Oh, then you're severely, you're severely missing the point of the movie. Of him, the one we're supposed to get to. That that's that's not really what the movie was about. Uh, first man. The movie's about first man on the moon. The, the movie's about, about Neil Armstrong. Just because the title is for first man doesn't mean we need to spend thirty minutes on the moon. Yeah, the or man. get to it in the middle of the movie. So before we're about to jump to the man, unless you have some other space stuff. No, I mean I I don't understand really any of your complaints about the the mission scenes at all. So before we get to we're mission scenes still. Okay. Was Buzz Aldrin a dick in real life? Yeah. Like is is that a known thing that he's a yeah. dick? Have you not seen the video of somebody um, accusing him in, to his face of the moon landing being fake, and he punches him? And this was like in two thousand two. Well, no, no, but that doesn't mean. I mean, that's his life's work. That's what he's known for. Well, no, but I and mean, so, but there, I, but is, that's is he just a dick me, to other astronauts. Well, I don't. I don't think that he's uh, a dick. I, I think he's abrasive. Well, they they painted him. As a well, as an asshole. <laughs> yeah, but I, I think I think it's supposed to come across as being, like I said, more abrasive. I don't think he was being mean. I think he's just like I'm saying the things that nobody else is going to say. He's that kind of guy, right? Who's just going to say what's on his mind. He doesn't care what he thinks. Now, whether you call him a dick or not, I don't know. But everything I've ever read about Buzz Aldrin, yeah, that that's him. Oh, I wonder what he thinks of this because he's he's still around. He's yeah, he's still around. It. Yeah, as I want to know how he's. How I he don't feels know that. Him being Surely portrayed. somebody's gone and interviewed him about that. Well, I've uh, I, I met Buzz Aldrin. Why well, didn't you ask? Was he a dick? It, well, I was ten. <laughs> okay. I was ten. I was at space camp, and yeah. I remember him talking. And there's a room like twenty of us in there. I remember him talking, thinking this would be a lot cooler if it was Neil Armstrong. Oh wow! <laughs> now, now me now would appreciate yeah. Buzz for Buzz, but as as a ten year old, you only think of yeah. Uh, the first man, you're like, who cared for the second guy that was there? Well, you know, yeah, <laughs> it's kind of Neil Armstrong is the guy that you know. Oh man, I wish you would have said that to Buzz. <laughs> Where's you're, Neil? You would have cold cocked you. <laughs> uh, you know what's what's weird though is like I knew Buzz Aldrin was alive. It's almost like, I mean, and this makes sense. Like if you think about 
the type of people they were. And even something as small as like the press conference in the movie where you can tell Neil Armstrong is totally uncomfortable dealing with the press. Right. And Buzz is just eating it up. But it kind of makes sense to me because I even had to ask my wife after the movie, like, is Neil Armstrong alive? I was like, yeah, I, Neil's dead, right? I was like, yeah, I was like, I don't, and I was like, did he die a long time ago? And he just died like a few years ago. It hasn't been very long, but like, I know Buzz. Like, I'm like, I know Buzz is alive. He's punching people. Yeah, so he's thriving. Yeah, so it's just weird, <laughs> but it kind of plays into the fact that like they played him as such kind of a not recluse, but really introverted type person, and just based on the fact that you know he's not been all over TV. You know, I know he's dead now, but you know. Yeah. I, I see Buzz on TV, right. doing interviews and stuff. I I don't ever still uh, randomly. I mean, I mean, oh, in the last let's say like ten years, like I've seen him pop up on either you know articles or whatever. But like, hmm. I feel like I never like I wasn't even sure what Neil Armstrong looked like. I could tell you what Buzz Aldrin looked like. You know, it's funny is a uh, I was thinking that too as I when I was watching the trailer was Gosling kind of looks like Neil Armstrong, and then I sat and thought about it as like. Gosling looks like Neil Armstrong in Apollo 13. <laughs> you know, and I'm like, like, do I not know what actual Neil Armstrong looks like? I genuinely so did. I, I looked it up before. I mean, it was before the movie came out, but when I was watching the, the trailer, yeah, I was like, wait, when I go, when I think of Neil Armstrong, I think of the guy sitting in in Tom Hanks' room, right? You know, as- so after the movie, I went and like tried to like, uh, I don't like, cross check's not the right word, but almost like. I was trying to see who was who in this movie and not of like Neil and Buzz, but like the other guys um, that to, were still, yeah. Yeah. It was like, okay, were they in Apollo 13 and who played them in Apollo 13? And I was trying to tie that into other movies. Cause it's like, I, I just, it just helps give me a frame of, of reference. Right. When I read about, I think the, the Jiminy eight mission, I think it was um, Jim Lovell was one of the support crew. Right. On that. And I, I didn't know that, but I was like, okay, I want to like connect some dots here and figure it all out. Cause they all had to be, rummaging around in the same time because like it, apollo 13 couldn't have been more than a year or two after 11 well Lovell was in this right did they say it they they said Lovell. i don't know okay. if they were just talking about Lovell because then and i was like oh Lovell, and i was looking for tom hanks yeah you know but, and, and i don't know if they were talking to him or talking about him okay uh maybe being a possible i think that's what they when they're talking about possible people um of commanding yeah okay uh maybe that maybe that was it but i know the name was mentioned okay yeah because they had to all be from like the same pool of right. well yeah. yeah i mean how many <laughs> yeah yeah right okay so i i think we i think we've talked through i'm not sure we reached any sort of conclusion i'm or sure we'll come i'm sure the, we'll come back to that on here. the technical stuff so i think like i said you have the technical stuff until you started talking, I didn't really think anybody would have any problems with any of the the mission-related stuff. For me, I thought that the other half of the equation is where the movie stumbled a little bit in, in, in the family life. Now, the more I've thought about things and kind of processed the movie, which tends to happen to me with dramas, um, I, I've appreciated it a little bit more. But I can understand why people would have some issues with the family life of neil armstrong well i thought it started at the wrong point and so i know you wanted to start it with your um you know him bouncing off the atmosphere scene just to get the crowd into it type of thing but i think you needed to start it uh before she was diagnosed with her tumor like his, daughter, his, his, little, his, his like little daughter his little two-year-old daughter yeah because we don't even meet her you know that they show her getting scanned is the first time we see her and then uh, he's researching, you know, different methods of trying to cure this, and then she dies. Yeah. And they show the, the funeral. 
it would have been an as much emphasis as they put on that relationship throughout the entire movie. I think you needed to show her and him and the family before that. And I don't I, think there's an. I don't think there's no. I mean, what what amount of time would you want on that in the very beginning of a movie? No, because that's that's your crux. I mean, that's that well, like, that goes all the way to your ending. Because I, I remember sitting there and they're lowering the casket, this tiny little casket that's supposed to be emotional, and I'm like, I don't feel anything right now. Well, you must not have a heart. Well, it, it was no. I no my. My wife cries in just about every everything. I mean, Guardians well, of the Galaxy, I, and it, it, there wasn't there wasn't a weight on it because you, we didn't see a relationship yet. Well, I don't think that it was intended to like make you cry. I don't think it was that, that sort of moment. But that's well, it should be. No, I, mean, I don't think that's what the, the I don't think that's what the movie's trying to do with it. It it needs it needed to show because they they strung that theme about him missing her and him always him being distracted by that and him. You know, everything was about his daughter, and even the bracelet at the end, that's what he left on the moon. Uh, it was, that was what I felt, even the relationship with his sons, uh, I think, took a backseat to how he felt about losing his daughter. And I think you needed to show, even the flashbacks on the moon, where have him playing and whatnot with his daughter in the, the creek and fishing and stuff. Mm-hmm. You needed to have some of that in the front end. I don't uh, think so. I absolutely think so. If you if that, this had started with twenty minutes of him playing with his daughter, you would have crushed that. It'd have been so slow and boring. No, I mean you can still start with your little space trip. Uh, what I'm saying is, how much time do you want devoted to that? I don't. Th- I don't More, think because that's the relationship. Now, if it was, so just you're telling a, me you couldn't understand that it was supposed to be relevant to him. I, I understand it was supposed to be, but you don't, it, but you don't it, understand that it was it relevant wasn't. to him. So, is your complaint that it was it wasn't relevant to you, or it wasn't relevant to Neil? It wasn't relevant to the audience. Yeah, see, but I don't think that's what it was going for. I think that's exactly what it was going for. No, I mean he's. They're the, not. They're the not entire trying. movie was trying to string that together of, uh, well, of who Neil is. It's not just that. It's more than just that. That's the one key loss that he had. But there's a life full of other loss that is there as well. But that's the one he carries with him. But what I'm saying is... Right, so put more time and more emphasis on that. But the movie's not trying to make you cry about him losing his daughter. You're just supposed to understand that this is something that happened to him that deeply affected him. It's not going for the the Star is Born moments where it's going to make you cry. That's not what this is designed to do. They're going with Neil Armstrong, basically unemotional guy, right? Yeah. That's that's what what they're going for. So you need to tell that story in a different way. If Neil's not going to show it, then... Well, he definitely showed it. Uh, he cried. He, he cried after. Right. Not during. Not during the funeral. And then. Well, he, you he, c- he goes away and, and and cries. But there was no. You, you have to have some value it, from a storytelling point of view. It was poor storytelling. I I couldn't disagree more. It was poor storytelling. I mean, that's and so you you seem mad that it didn't make people in the audience cry, and I'm saying I don't think that's what it was intended to do. I'm saying people in the audience should feel something when he loses his daughter. Well, sure. I, I'm sure they feel sad that he lost his daughter. It was more of a, oh, that sucks, when it should have been, you know, oh, my God, this guy lost his daughter. I don't think that's the intent. I mean, I, I find it hard to believe the, that. Well, if, it, if it wasn't the intent, then he missed, because it should have been the way that he strung it all together throughout the rest of the movie. Like, no. like that's what he built it on, him seeing flashes of his daughter walking through and, well, sure. and it, seeing her by the fireplace. Yeah. Like, why, why put that in if you're not well, because leaning he, on this relationship? Because Neil is haunted by that. He misses his daughter that died. Yeah, that's what you're trying to say. And you didn't get that. I didn't feel it. 
Okay, that's different. Because they didn't tell the story well. You not getting it is different than you not feeling it. Because I don't think it, I understand it, but that doesn't sure. mean that I don't it's think good. I don't think it's they not were, good movie watching. Yeah, it is. You got it. Well, <laughs> I don't think they it's were not trying. A good story they telling. weren't trying because they understand the story. Doesn't mean that it's good storytelling. But I think you're you're assuming their goal was to make you really really feel impacted by by that. And I'm saying I don't think that's totally what they were going for. I think they want you to understand that that was a huge loss for Neil, and as any loss of a kid would be for anybody. But I don't think they're not going to put something in the first 10 or 15 minutes of a movie and expect the audience to have a severe reaction to it. That's not what they're going for. They want it to be like, Oh man. I mean, cause when I watched it, I was like, that's his daughter and she's clearly got something sick. And then they cut real hard to a cast. I'm like, Oh man, he lost his daughter. I didn't know that. That's, you know, you, and you, you don't need, you don't need 20 minutes before you need a conversation with him and his daughter. I know she was young. She's but, two years old. He was holding her head while she puked after she had radiation treatment. He's playing with her hair. He's singing to her. I mean, what what more do you want to show between a two-year-old and the dad? I mean, there's plenty that you can show. I mean, even in uh, Guardians of the Galaxy, you only see his mom for, what, two minutes, if that. I would say and that, that's and that's emotionally investing in into that storyline that you're going to bring back. That's actually a really good comparison because I don't really feel any more or less different about that scene than I do this one. That's actually a really good comparison for me. I, I don't even remotely get emotional thinking about that. I understand its impact on Peter Quill, but it's not emotional to me. Oh, that's that's a very emotional scene. You're dead inside. The uh uh, they, they, I think they you just dug play. your own grave there. You're no. going to have to really explain to me how the opening in Guardians, the first 10 minutes, you makes you feel me? anything different than, than Talking that. to his mom on her deathbed? Yeah, but how's that different than Neil having to sit there and go over how he can try and solve his daughter's cancer and having to hold her head over a trash can while she pukes, knowing that she's dying, and then putting her in her grave? There was such an easy way to do that is showing okay. before enlighten me. I, I, I did already. You yeah, wanted yeah. like ten minutes of a two year old and a dad talking? I wanted five at least to show them b- before she was diagnosed. Something. Some sort of relationship between the two. Nothing. I don't know, man. I, I'm not with you on that one at no, all. Because if that's your theme throughout and you just you you blew it at the beginning and it's like I don't even, I didn't think he even I mean, I understand he's thinking about her but there's no there's no ties no ties there i yeah i don't see how it's any different than guardians they're actually that's a very good comparison that you brought up but i think it it's exactly in line with me i I mean i never once felt like oh god i should be crying during the opening of guardians it's like yeah that's sad i get it his mom died and that really affects him but like from a me standpoint yeah it's I don't expect it to impact me like overly as an audience member because it's the first thing in the movie. There's no, there's no time for that deep investment and from there, an audience. And there standpoint. should have been. That's what you take away from those repetitive spinning scenes, and then you, you you're you're you putting it. more emphasis on that scene than what the director wants it to have from an audience standpoint. From an audience standpoint, he continually comes back to that well of. Neil thinking about his daughter. Yeah. So put time developing that relationship of him with his daughter. I, I mean, that's a no-brainer. I, I don't Even put him on the moon with her little bracelet, and he's, he's doing all these flashbacks of him yeah. and his daughter that you could have shown something like that. You showed a little bit of it. You showed enough to get the point. You didn't even see... So I don't even know. Are you trying to say his relationship with his daughter was as standoffish as it was with his sons? 
because his sons, there were no, no, there was no. That's not. It wouldn't, even be, it wouldn't even be possible because she was two. I mean, you can't have standoffs like that with a two-year-old like you can with a son who's eight or nine or ten. I'm saying his relationship to his kids. It was very. I'm going to be over here and you're over there. Yeah. And was he like that with his daughter? I don't think she got old enough for them to know. You can't love a two-year-old daughter and want to be around her and show that? No, what I'm saying is you couldn't know whether he would have been as standoffish with her as he got older, whether that was a byproduct of him losing her, whether that was a byproduct of him being so introverted and stoic and dedicated to his craft or whatever it is that caused him to be that way with his sons. Well, you I think brought, that's open to interpretation. Well, his whole relationship with the sons were wasted. Because, Why do you say wasted? Because they didn't do anything with it. What if that's accurate? What they if that's how his relationship really was with his which sons? Which is fine. They put no time into that. I, I think you were just supposed to understand the cost of what of how he is. Now, whether it's... The one question I have is, is that how he was just naturally? Or was it a little bit of that plus he was insanely devoted to whatever it was that he was doing? I don't know. But by all accounts that I've read afterwards is that he was really, really very stoic and introverted. And If you're going to tell a story about Neil as the man, then tell a story about Neil as the man. And so dive into that. Instead, we get these barely snippets and not enough at all about that. And so, so that's why when people say, "Oh, those scenes are boring," because they didn't do anything with them. None I don't. Th- I don't think they didn't do anything. I think it just. I think they could have been. So my issue was part of that was the emotional side, but mine was yeah. I think they could have been a little bit more clear with or, or make it more emotional than what it actually was. But part of where I came back around on this is that I think that's from all accounts that sounds like we're used to seeing heroes or good guys in movies that are very emotional you can relate to them they're the heroes they're 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 perfect guys and i think what this movie was just trying to tell the truth about how neil I'm not was saying neil has to be emotional i'm saying you can tell the story with the people around him and actually what happened i mean you had his wife cast and she was doing all she could with mm-hmm. i thought she did a great job but with a very limited amount of, of screen time and, and i felt like she got a good amount of screen time there for for telling the story that she's trying to tell it was just it it wasn't enough. And if we're like you talk about the space missions, we again we we know Neil goes to the moon, Neil comes back fine. Mm-hmm. You know? So those were pretty predictable and just kinda ho hum for me. Because I I knew there was no drama. There was no suspense. You didn't think they were filmed well and provided any sense sure. of intensity during the not, scene? Not, not intensity, no, but they're filmed they're filmed well. But I, I, was, I was I was white knuckling on the on the scene where they were spinning. But you I mean you know you know nothing's gonna happen. It doesn't matter. It doesn't mean it's not an intense scene. It is okay, but there's no stakes. Like you said, your your problem with a lot of these other movies, there's no stakes, and so I know that there's no stakes. That doesn't so I, mean so. I'm looking to watch more of an emotional movie of Neil's life. That doesn't mean the ride's and not I fun. I didn't though. get either. That, that that I can understand feeling a little bit let down by the emotional side of it. I get that, but the just because you know how something is going to end inevitably doesn't mean the ride's still not intense, or doesn't mean that the ride doesn't give you any kind of feelings. I mean. I genuinely, I didn't know how he got out of the the spin and okay. the way they filmed it was crazy intense. So I was like, oh man, this is like, I mean, it's spinning. We're going, you know, there's things so, like that. So why, why were they spinning? 
Why were they spinning? Yeah. Because the uh, computer on their capsule, their capsule messed up. They were, they thought it was the one they docked with, but it ended up being the one that they were on. It just messed up. Yeah, there was a that's the only explanation that we got. Is that yeah? They, they said that it was one spun. of the it was one of the guidance computers, or whatever. It, one of the boosters like got stuck on or whatever, and he had to fire the other one to get it to level out. Yeah, it just there's there's no there's no drama in that for me because I know the outcome. There, there's no what's going to happen. And it was, and that, we talked about this in the preview, a, but that's an was, old. Was, <laughs> I, I, know, I know the story, so I'm hoping to get actually some. Some about Neil the man, and we we didn't. But there, that's such an oversimplification to to say you can't enjoy something because you know how it's going to end. Not that I can't enjoy it. It just takes. It's not intense and it's not suspenseful. If that's what you're going for, I don't know how you could watch the space scenes uh, of that first flight and then the middle flight and not feel some sort of even the. Even, I was thinking about how a computer instrument worked. While he was trying to get back, I mean, yeah, oh, he's got to get back, but I'm not worried about him going off into space. Had it been another astronaut that somehow we lost out there, maybe I'd be like, oh, shoot, I don't know this guy. But even the moon landing, like when they're landing on it and and they're trying to clear that crater so they can get to their landing spot and the fuel is going down. I mean, we all know they land. Right. I didn't know specifically how they landed, but that was still an intense scene because the, the score is going and it's driving and the fuel's counting down and. I like the music in that. It's that, still that, that was that was my take. I like the music when he was landing, but by no means did I think he did not land or had trouble landing. Well, no. Well, I didn't know if they had trouble or not. I didn't know all the details because a lot of times there's like, oh, what we saw on TV was nice and all that, but there was some drama that happened, and to me that was intense. I was like, okay, are, did they not land in the spot that they were supposed to, and we don't really know that, or so. But that's still intense to me. I mean, that, I, I felt like that scene, it, all those scenes were filmed in a way that he took something that we generally knew, like you said, what the outcome was, but it still made it, you know, like I'm holding my breath a little bit because it's the way it's filmed and the way it's presented is still such a ride that I, I loved it. And I was breathing just fine. Right. Because yeah, it was not intense. Because you were all. checked out from the beginning since the preview. I know how it's going to end, so what do I care? No, I was hoping for for something good. You don't like dramas anyway, so they could have nailed the Neil Armstrong I, thing. I like, been like, I like dramas. Uh, if they not, do it right, that's not your wheelhouse. I, I prefer action movies. Right. Well, sure. Well, yeah, but I'm I, just saying. I enjoy... you, you've accused me of coming into movies with chips on my shoulder. You had one going in on this one. I, I was hoping again. I, I knew. Neil lands on the moon. I knew Neil got home from the moon. Yeah, so, so I was hoping that they were going to invest more time on Neil. That's why you, what is called first man. Thought we were going to learn about the man. You did. Who went? Yeah. You don't know more about Neil now than you did when you started. Yeah, but I, not as it could have been a documentary. And I, had just the same, th- I just don't. I just same feel of it all. Where I'm going with this is, I think people are going to think that the movie was emotionless and cold and distant. Yes. And that was my initial reaction, and I think Gosling's going to take some crap from that. But I think what the reality is is they—that's how Neil Armstrong was. And instead of giving you a fluffed-up, non-real version of this heroic guy, they gave you what he really is and how he really was, based on all accounts. And that maybe doesn't translate necess- uh, perfectly to the screen of what people are used to and what they like to see in a movie because, yeah, you want a hero that you can attach to more, that you can feel more emotional about, but that's how this guy was. You can do that with good storytelling. 
and still have an emotionally less guy. I, I don't have any problem with the storytelling. I just wish my only complaint about the family stuff is that I wish it would have resonated a bit more, but I give it a little bit of credit because I think it's hard to make it resonate more when you have the main character, the main guy who is how he is. It just doesn't lend itself to resonating emotionally. I mean, that's why I think Claire Foy carried such the weight of that because the only way to see the ripple effects of Neil's emotions is in other people. And I think that's where Claire was there. And I think that's Claire Foy was playing Gina Armstrong, his wife. I think that's why she was there. And then even Jason Clark, when he goes out to try and talk to him um, after the funeral of some of their friends and he goes, if I wanted somebody to talk to, I wouldn't be out here by myself. And he just shuns the guy and walks away. So it's, it's the way the other people around Neil have to react because he's not reacting at all. And you can, you can tell a good story that way. And they missed and like i didn't even feel like neil wanted to even go to the moon like it was tom hanks mission like in life to go to the moon and you felt that in apollo 13 like everything that he wanted was to go to the moon and do that Mm -hmm. and then he didn't get to and that's that that's the movie and even training and and all that stuff and scrub missions and people i want to go to the moon neil it just seemed like okay i'll go to the moon yeah you know that's I mean, maybe he was like that, yeah. but it was like, I didn't feel like he even wanted to go. That's what I'm saying, though. I think that that kind of character, no matter how true it is, is hard to relate to. And I think that is going to be a complaint from some people that it's it's not the typical guy. I mean, Gosling is a charming, charismatic guy, and he's playing somebody who has none, zero. I mean, Neil Armstrong apparently has no charisma. You know, He was an engineer through and through, a pilot through and through. And that's not going to resonate on the screen very well. And they, they try to give him those moments where he breaks down after his daughter or when he's getting frustrated after some of the test flights or when he's finally on the moon and he's finally achieved what he's been working on and he can finally let go. Yeah, I, I think that... But see, it didn't even seem like it was important to him, even in preparation. Like, they didn't do enough on that of he's working towards this and even ignoring his family. The only time that we even had any of that was when he's packing and didn't want to tell his kids... Right. You know, and that's the only scene that it showed him, you know, putting one thing in front of another or just avoiding the conversation altogether. Like, I don't know what his problem was. Right. You know, what, like they didn't do any of that. Yeah, I think I that's one thing I agree with you. I think they could have been more clear with why was he like that? Is that just how he is? Or I didn't get I didn't get the same thing. What you just said, I didn't get the sense of either. Like, is he so dedicated to being an astronaut that it cost him some of his family life because I agree with you. If that's the case, the movie doesn't really show that very well, that that's how dedicated he was. Um, but yeah, so that's where I, I agree. They they needed to give you a little bit more of why he's like that other than he's just like that. But the one thing I do think that kind of tries to come through, and I think I got it the more I thought about it, was like, I think he's just a guy haunted by like loss like his daughter was one thing but then he alludes to the fact that he's lost a ton of friends before he even joined nasa and then he loses friends along the way during this movie and i think he's genuinely like fearful of that loss of him losing people and then being lost and when he um when he finally has to like own up to that fear, like, Oh, I may not come back kind of thing to his family. I think that's supposed, I mean, you see how he doesn't handle it very well. He's, he talks, he treats that 
conversation with his kids like he treated the press conference with the press. He's just like this right. detached kind of thing. And the only time that they they make reference that this is important to him was when his Apollo eleven people Apollo one people died. Yeah. And they said, What's the value of this? you know? And he's like, how, how can you say that? So now it just seemed like like that was gonna be like a stirring moment in him. Yeah. You know. I just don't think I, that's I, how he was. Yeah, but you can again you can show it ways of it differently. Yeah. But again they chose to use their time differently. Yeah. I, I agree with you. I they could have honed in on Neil's motivations a little bit better. I, I do think that that's true. So a couple other things I think, I mean, I've already touched on this, but I thought it was insanely well-crafted, absurdly good directing. I think he's going to get nominated for best director on this. I would be hard pressed to see how he wouldn't. I only think that from a lack of competition right now, and it's early. He, I will say that, and that he's been there before. Yeah, that doesn't I, always I, get you there. But I feel like the Gosling and and his combination will will, will get him a nod. Uh, like I feel I like I, I feel like I'm supposed to like this movie just because of the two of them. Like it's like, when, but why? Because you it, don't it was, really. It was, like, it was like when Spielberg in his day puts out a movie. You know, it's like you're supposed to like it because it's Steven Spielberg. You know, Steven Spielberg and Tom Hanks, you know, it's just you have to like that movie or you'll be shunned well, by the I world. Well, I mean, I don't think you have to like it. I don't think there's the expectation that you should like it. I think it's more of you're you're relying on their track record. It's just like anything else in life or anything. I mean, if something is proven to be good several times in a row, you're going to expect that the next one is good. I don't think there's an expectation that you have to like it. I think uh, it's... I didn't really like that one. They're like, what? You know, that was a Christopher Nolan movie. And then you you jump down people's throats just because it's Christopher Nolan, no matter what crap you put on the screen. But you, you'd like it no matter but what. Christopher Nolan doesn't put crap on the screen. <laughs> and neither does Damien Chazelle at this point. So I don't, I mean, that's I, not I, true. Because feel... Insomnia was kind of crap. But I just feel like people will f- feel Really? Like... I, d- I don't think people... I mean, genuinely, this it, is this is billed as a movie that you're supposed. It only to made like sixteen million dollars this weekend. It didn't make hardly anything, right? But it's billed as a movie you're supposed to like, and not one that people want to see. I don't. It's an Oscar. I guess type I don't movie. agree with that at all because I feel like a lot of people have not seen Whiplash, or even really know of it, so they wouldn't know Chazelle from that. They've probably heard of La La Land, but I know a ton of people who haven't seen La La Land, so I think he's fairly obscure to most people i think it's more the marketing of the event of first man on the moon plus gosling is okay this is gonna get get recognized just from those those two alone and then once you figure out who the director is you're just kind of i think i think you're getting a little caught up in like our own movie world because i think most people if you say the name damien chazelle have no no idea I, I, i agree I and agree I, with that. And I think most people but everybody knows Ryan Gosling. Yeah, but I don't know that they share Everyone I don't knows. know that they share the affinity for Ryan Gosling. As you do. That I do. <laughs> well nobody does anybody. Share. No, no. No. Not even but close. I guess my point is that like you might feel that way, but I don't think most people feel that way. Now on the subject matter, sure, I think anybody especially Americans would feel hard pressed like, Oh, there's a movie about Neil Armstrong and I'm not supposed to like it. Like, right. I mean, good Lord. That's I mean, why do you hate America? <laughs> yeah, you <know>? exactly. <laughs> I mean, you're just, you can't do that stuff. But I, I don't think that I, I don't, I think maybe there might be some expectations from our side because we're 
movie snobs of a of a certain ilk, but like the general public, I don't think has any idea beyond it's just a space movie about Neil Neil Armstrong. I mean, I'm not even sure that Baby Goose really plays a factor in their thinking either. I don't think they feel like they're supposed to like something because it has Ryan Gosling. Yeah, well, I think he's almost at that level. I, I think to us, yes, but like if you think to kind of like. M- normal stuff like Blade Runner 2049 was not very well received and didn't make a lot of money. First man is not making a lot of money. Tons of people did not see La La Land. You know, there's a, I mean, there's a lot of stuff that he's not, I mean, place beyond the pines, blue Valentine. I mean, I can go through all these. But even if you, but if you say you don't like a Oscar nominated movie type thing, you know, it's, it's more of, it's just a different feeling than if you don't like yeah, I think Transformers. It, well, sure, but I one, I don't I mean, it's too early. I mean, this isn't even Oscar nominated yet, so there's not really that hype behind it yet. Shouldn't be. Yeah, I think honestly, I think so many people outside of like hardcore movie people like genuinely don't care. I think they typically don't they almost have like an anti reaction to Oscar movies. Like I don't understand why that wins. Why do people think that's such a good movie? I mean, that's why we have because like they're pretentious. That's why we have popcorn versus art house is one of our right. questions because I, people just immediately have almost like a. There's always the debate every year, like, well, why wasn't this movie up for best picture? And it's like, you know, because they're not going to put Infinity War up for best picture. It's just not, not how it's done. It's, it's the best so far. Not according to Marvel because they're putting all their weight behind Black Panther. Well, there's other motivations behind that. <laughs> Um, so the other thing I liked, going back to the directing, I like how this movie was done. It, it felt like it was filmed on old film. Um, the colors were there. It's kind of grainy. I really dug that. It made it feel like the, the the right time frame. But then I thought what was extra cool was the switch when they got to the moon. Everything was like really sharp and really clear, and that that graininess went away. So you were just like, I don't know. There was a, a shift there that I thought was really cool, and then. I kind of touched on this before, but the sound, uh, whether it's the sound of the rockets, the sound of, um, you know, them flipping switches in the thing all the way to like the score, everything about the sound was fantastic. So when they landed on the moon, uh, that score ran, yeah. that was going, uh, they played that again later differently. Were they playing that same melody throughout the whole movie? Um, cause I didn't really notice it until they were landing on the moon. I was like, I, cause I wasn't invested in them landing on the moon. I was like, Oh, I really like that song. Yeah. So they, the one place that I know for a fact that they play it, but not that orchestral is, um, when they're at the cabin with his daughter, that that's the melody that's playing in the background. And it's, it's clearly that song, but the one on the moon becomes like a way more bombastic full orchestra version of that song. So those are the two the spots cabin with his daughter, their house or their cabin, whatever you want to call that. It's out in the woods at the very end. No. in well in the beginning and the end. So when it's flashing back, when he's, yeah, I noticed it during the flashbacks, but I didn't notice it. Any yeah, other it's time in, it's in the beginning too, but okay. it, but it's a subdued kind of like right. you know, four instruments instead right. of like the whole orchestra. So when I heard that second time, I was like, had they been playing that throughout, or is that? And they might so. have snuck it in in other places, like, yeah. and I'm sure they did because he uses the same composer that he did on La La Land, and they were really good about carrying musical themes through throughout the yeah. whole thing. So, but yeah, I really like the sound. Of this the scores fantastic. Are you ready for questions? Or you got more? You want to? Nope. Jump I, in I here? think I think we're ready for questions. All right. Well, I'll let you. I'll let you lead because this is your lead your asking or lead answering. I'll let you lead answering. Okay. <laughs> so 
overall, what did you land on? I know you you bounced. Yeah, I did. So when I came out of it, I was at a four. And much like we talked about on A Star is Born, dramas tend to just wedge in my head a little bit. And the more I think about them, I, I kind of either go down or up depending on how I think about them. And as I started to write about this and think about it, it, it started to come up for me. So I landed on a four and a half um, because really what I decided was the, the parts that I, in the emotional side, on the Neil Armstrong side, that I initially had some harder reactions to, the more I thought about what they were trying to say and the more I thought about Neil Armstrong, the person, the more I feel like the movie was accurate, but he's just harder to relate to. And I t- it didn't bother me as much then. I would honestly say like four two five would be the perfect score for this movie, but we can't do that. Nope, illegal. Right. So I, to me, after I thought about it, it it was more deserving of the quarter star bump than the quarter star decrease. So I'm at four and a half. Four and a half. Yes. <laughs> All it, right. It's one. It's yeah, in my top five movies this year. Wow. So your favorite moment? Uh, the three sixty spin. I had a lot of of favorite moments, but that 360 spin with the intensity of it, how they filmed it, you know, seeing out the little window, he's seen the earth spin by and the, the score sound effects that they were playing was just, I really thought that scene was perfect. And so what would you change? Um, so what we talked about, I, I still think that while I don't have as many or as deep of problems with the emotional stuff as you did, I think there were ways that they could have made it connect better. Um, particularly around like Neil's just understanding a little bit more about like, was it really just because I I leave the movie thinking that Neil was just that way. Um, So if there's something more to it than, than Neil was just that way, I want to know that. Um, So I don't know how you be more clear about that, but if there's a way to do that, that's what I would want. And so theater or couch. Yeah. You, got to see it in the theater uh something i mean the sound is fantastic the visuals are really good i i saw it on grand screen which i was really disappointed because if you went to see it in imax the moon landing or that when they step out on the moon was supposed to be full imax well on grand screen it wasn't it was just still the normal widescreen format just bigger on the screen whereas imax would have been full full full-blown imax so i'm disappointed that i didn't get to see it on imax and i wish i would have you mean the actual footage? Hmm? The actual footage was supposed to be big? Yeah, so like even in IMAX, you're going to see like the kind of like the widescreen version of it. But when something's fi- filmed in true IMAX, it takes up the entire screen. Oh, I get what you're saying. So what IMAX people got to see when they went out that door onto the moon landing is it took up the whole screen. You're looking at the massive landscape of the moon. Well, on grand screen, it still stayed in just typical widescreen format. So I, I got angry the minute that happened because I wish I had just gone. Because you knew that that was... Yeah, I knew that was an IMAX Going in. Yeah. Okay. Yep. So uh, would you pay for this? Absolutely. (laughs) Popcorn movie or an art house film? Surprisingly, I still think it's a popcorn movie. I think that there's just too much general appeal and all the mission scenes. I think people are, it's filmed in a very digestible way. So yeah, popcorn. And Oscar or Razzie? Yeah, Oscar. It'll get nominated for Oscars and I won't be surprised if it wins. If not, if for anything else, at least like sound or score maybe. Okay. And if you liked what, you'd like this. So I have not actually seen all of this movie. I've seen bits and pieces of it, but it reminds me of the right stuff. 
from the 80s about all the Mercury astronauts. It's got like Ed Harris, Dennis Quaid, Brett Norris, Scott Glenn. Got a ton of people, but it has more of like a, it's a movie, but almost kind of documentary-ish at the same time. And that's what this movie gave me a lot of those vibes. It's like, it's kind of like you're learning as you're watching a movie. Um, so that's what I was going with. Interesting. Yeah. I have not seen that. I I, I will say I, I pass it a lot. Yeah. You know, well, it's over three hours. Yeah. I don't I don't know if I knew that, but I remember I remember seeing it a lot and just kind of like eh. Yeah. And then you move, you move on. I've never seen it all in one sitting, which is why I say I'm okay. cheating. And I'm not even <laughs> sure. I I don't even think I've seen the whole thing. I think there's been several times I've seen it on and I've like stopped for twenty or thirty minutes and I've seen bits and pieces as a kid. Like all through my life, I've seen bits and pieces of it, so I'm I'm aware of it. I couldn't quote it. I kind of generally know what happens on some of the scenes, but. I know enough about it to be like, okay, this this is that same kind of feel. Now, I could end up watching all the way through and be like, this is nothing like that. But from the bits and pieces I've gotten, that's what I think. Yeah, I mean, you say Dennis Quaid and Ed Harris, you know, and I'm, I'm, I'm <laughs> right. usually sign, sign me up. Fred right Norris? Now. Yes. Who was the other guy? Lance Henriksen was in it. There's a lot of people Scott in it. Scott Glenn. I did say Scott Glenn. <laughs> yeah, he's in it. Montgomery Wick. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it. This movie would have been a lot better if Montgomery uh, Wick. What had... movie isn't better with Montgomery Wick? <laughs> All right. So then what'd you rate it? I bounced a lot on this. So I came out of the theater thinking I was at uh, three and a half. Mm-hmm. And again, I had the overwhelming feeling like I feel like I have to give it a three and a half. And so I felt like I was downgraded from a four where most people are thinking that I'm at or I should be at for this movie just because, again, like what we talked about. And then more I thought, I was like, oh, no, it's it's definitely not a four. It's a three and a half. And then uh, the more I was talking about writing my notes and whatnot, I was like, you know, it's, this is a three. This is a three. It's above. I mean, it's above average. That's so ridiculous. It's above average. It It doesn't hit on the things that it, I feel like it need to hit on. Um, even when you talk about the way it was filmed, so I can appreciate some scenes, but then like the shaky cam scene with his wife was, was nauseating. That <laughs> That's like a what a one minute scene. Is feels like feels like three hours, but as I was like, so how much th- are you three, deducting three for a one minute shaky cam scene? I'm just saying that it takes away from the pluses of it was filmed well, and so because that's a that's a scene that them running through the guy on just running with the camera so we can film all these magnificent scenes of test flights and space flights and going to the moon because the moon looked extraordinary right i mean that the, the moon looked, looked like the moon looked, it looked amazing i mean it so okay all that gets cast aside or some of that gets cast aside because of one shaky cam minute well it's the looking at the moon doesn't give it a a star or half star. No, I'm bump. just saying all those other things combined like one minute of shaky cam compared to all the other technical like mastery that's going on and I the... don't know that I feel like it was mastery. And so I mean What could they have was... done better on filming the scenes? The the, the spin, we 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 talked about this a lot. The shaking and the spinning and So you know, don't it was, so it was... don't show the shaking when the rocket's shaking no, and I don't mean, show you, the spinning you, you, when the spinning is happening. No, you you need to, but there you need to do some of it, but it's just it wasn't oh wow overly impressive yeah, from that standpoint to where I'd be like, oh yeah, it deserves a, a star rating. Because I don't usually look at them from that standpoint of being filmed that way. It's more the acting and the story that it tells and is this entertaining. And it was above average. Okay, so at least you're admitting that you don't really take into account like 
how something is assembled or filmed or i mean if i just heard you say that right you said you usually don't don't take that into account well i know yeah i know it's bad and i know when it's good like dunkirk was good but told a, a weak story and to get into that but it was filmed beautifully this was not filmed beautifully like dunkirk i guess like wow you know watching Dun- like this is a visual i'm recording this is recorded by this the is way. this is a visual spectacle dunkirk is you know and that's when, I mean, watching, trying when, to, when i'm watching you're trying movie, to soften me up oh, on, hitting no on one. chazelle by <laughs> by talking up no one i He's know what not, you're doing <laughs> no but it's like like there, there's those that yeah you can appreciate it like why would you go see dunkirk you go see dunkirk to see dunkirk yeah not, not to uh you're not really invested in the storyline of dunkirk it's just it's just filmed that well that's not what this was and so you don't get extra it's bonus. definitely not supposed to be like bonus, dunkirk you don't get bonus points for being filmed like it's supposed to hmm. to me okay so I, I don't think it was filmed like it was supposed to but okay i think it was filmed very very well way above average for an average movie and that's your opinion yeah uh, agreed and it's but, above average i gave it above average a rating three is criminally low it's an you, above you just average. gave venom a three different genre okay so what is this genre what is first man's genre drama okay so you gave simple favor and white boy rick threes so you're saying it's just as good as those as entertaining i don't understand so are your stars only for entertainment or what are, do they represent? Are, are they not? No, I mean they're the they're an overall assessment of a movie. So I guess are your stars always supposed to be how much you were entertained? Well, I, I think so. I'd like to think. I think that's why movies are made is to entertain. Sure, I'm just saying. Like, so when somebody sees three out of five, they're saying that that's just your entertainment value only. It's it, my... it's not uh, how it's made, how it made you feel. Necess- I mean, it's were you entertained or not? Well, yes, I think all movies should be that barometer. Okay. No. I mean, you can appreciate that things are, are shot well, made well, but if you don't enjoy what you're watching, then what's the point? Sure, but I mean, the, I think it just feels like there's a lot of factors that go into summarizing something in a star rating. So I was just trying to get to... If, if you walk out and you're like, oh, it was pretty, but I was bored the whole time. Sure. That's, a, that's not a three. Well, right. Well, there's a calculus in there somewhere, so I'm just trying to figure out when people are looking at your ratings and they see, oh, Carson gave first man three out of five. Like, what is that really? That's above average. That's an above so average So it's movie. equal to White Boy Rick. Equal to Bright. Equal to Detroit. Bright, again, is not in that. Okay, so you're saying that. that you're saying this is a drama. So you're comparing you're, it's a, a three for all the other dramas. Yeah, White Boy Rick had some good takeaways and some bad parts to it. This very similar assessment. Because the movie, again, the movie's supposed to be about Neil, and where they missed is Neil. So, there you go. Wow. I, I would not want to... I would not want to have to justify to people why I have a three-star rating, which is the same as... It, no matter what my criteria is, that that first man is the same as, at a glance, just on star rating, Venom, Peppermint... White Boy Rick. Well, you have to understand the ratings. They, they're no, not in the same... They, sure. We, we go back to that Schindler's List versus Step Brothers. No, I know. They're not the same quality uh, I'm, of movie. I'm saying Oh, that... Step Brothers was filmed immaculately. No, that's not... They're, they're two completely different genres. You cannot grade them on the same scale. I'm just saying Comedies, that... dramas, 
action movies in the end when somebody boring looks at, space movies when this somebody, is an above average boring space movie yes. when somebody looks at your ratings list they are going to see peppermint three out of five first man well, three out of five. well then it's a good thing they're listening to the podcast so they understand how it's being rated even inside of dramas i, I don't i don't understand do you know what you rated apollo 13 uh it's it would be higher than this this apollo 13 is better than this movie and i don't know how you can debate that at all there's no debate, so you don't, don't even try. This is, we'll move on to the this next is, question. I mean, it's a half-star better than Apollo 13 for me, and it's because... So Apollo 13 is five-star movie? Four-star movie. You said this is better than Apollo 13. Yeah. No. First Man is oh, better than oh, Apollo no. 13. No, no. Yeah, I mean, no, but no, no. but that's our difference. You tend to like more of... Entertaining movies? The mainstream representation of things. Movies that people want to watch? No. I mean, it just depends on what you like. I, I like the realness of this movie. I thought it was filmed way better than Apollo 13. I mean, Apollo 13 is not filmed bad, but this was just a different level of filming. I would not watch this again. Then why is it a three? Because that's not what you say your threes are. Yeah, because again, I'm giving it some nods of it was, there's pieces of it that were done well but I would not watch this again. So then it shouldn't be a three. You've always said every time we talk about ratings, when you give a rating, you're like, that, this means I wouldn't watch it again. So if you wouldn't watch it again, that, then that, I That's a hard line to say and never watch it again uh, on a two. A two. Well, I know. I'm just two saying. Two and a half is on TV. Just kind of leave it hey, there. I'm just trying yeah. to let the audience know what you stand <laughs> because half the time when you give something a rating and you'll say, if I say, oh, a two is way too low, you'll say, well, I'm, I'm never going to watch it well, again. Well, what's going to happen is in five years from now, and you're like, oh, this has moved up to a five. It's a five-star move for me. I go, okay, I'll give it another chance, and, I, and I'll be willing to. There's some that are twos that would never get another chance that you think are fives, which are this is ludicrous. I'm just saying. I've heard you. I, we, we could, we could, I could make a super clip of all the times on, the, on the podcast where Please you make said, a super clip. I'll never watch it again because I gave it a two. And this is a three, and you're saying you'll never watch it again. Just looking for some consistency. I'd rather watch Solo. With Mario Van Peebles? Yes. <laughs> I would. Exactly. <laughs> All right. I, I would watch that back-to-back before I'd watch this. Oh, movie. yeah. And I was looking at your list here, too. You you had Alien Covenant and Life as better as... No. As horror movies? Oh, my God. I just Those are horror movies. I you know how low, have to how low that. the bar is on horror movies? I just, I'm just saying I wouldn't want to have to justify it, is all I'm saying. I think... I've just justified it. I wouldn't even want to have that conversation. Done. All right, so what was your favorite moment then? Was the music when they landed on the moon. Not the moon landing itself, because that was anticlimactic, but the music during that scene. Okay. What's one thing you would change? Uh, Well, if there was one thing I could change, I would have uh, had them go to a movie set. And film the moon landing there. That would have been amazing. No, that's but, literally the worst idea for a movie I've that, ever heard. That would have been fantastic. Of hey Neil, we're just gonna film you. Then on you should go the, watch. I think it's called Capricorn One from the seventies. You should go watch that then. Why? Because they fake the Mars landing in that movie. It's got like O.J. Simpson and a few other people in it. I just really appreciate the bait and switch of you think you could. Yeah, I don't think you can do that in biopics. That's how that works. But you you can. (laughs) I mean, there's nothing keeping them from doing that. This story about Neil Armstrong, and then take it another direction. Don't let people know. I think that'd be funny. That'd be miserable. But with the movie as it is, uh, obviously, actually make the emotional stuff emotional. Uh, There's Again, I, I, we've talked about that enough, but make those matter. All right. They didn't matter. <laughs> Theater or couch? 
Uh, I'm, I'm at a couch. Um, That's ridiculous. I mean, you can. I'm not going to fault you for seeing it in theater. I don't think you need to see it in a theater. I totally disagree. Between the visuals that are there, the sound that's there, the, the house is not going to be able to duplicate that. Okay. So you can go see it in a theater. Why would you see any space movie like that? I mean, Apollo 13 should be seen you in didn't theater. See Gravity space. should be seen in theater. You but saw me in a capsule. I, they saying, didn't show I'm the grandiose like, of space. I'm saying the rockets and the sound that's there. You just the can't, sound, sure. You can't duplicate any of that. Sure, the, the sound, but the visual of of space. I would want to see, see the moon. I would see that. Want to see the moon sequence in space for sure. In theaters. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I mean, if I could see it in space in a theater, that would be pretty cool. But yes, in theaters. So pay for it or wait for free. Well, because I said couch, I said I said free. Popcorn movie or art house film? I think it could have been an art house film, but it ended up being a popcorn movie. Yeah, I think that's fair. Uh, Oscar or Razzie? Um, I gave it an Oscar for best supporting actress, but I don't think they gave her enough to get that nod. I don't even think she'd be nominated for supporting. I bet she'd be up for lead. Really? I think. I don't know, though. I feel like she wasn't in the movie enough to... Again, I don't know what the parameter is of how much screen time you I don't need think there to, is one. But I don't think she did that. Yeah. But I think she would be the only thing that would make it an Oscar nod. Not even directing? No. Not even sound score? S I'm, when I answer this question, I'm not giving sound Oscars. I'm You're not just giving, going I'm best not, picture or, or acting? Or acting. Or directing. You, you know, you don't or think, screenplay. I'll, I'll go. I'll go those things. But I'm not going. I'm not going to give a, a best editing Oscar. I am shocked that you don't think that this could be nominated for best directing. No, because the it was a bad story. Okay, I mean, <laughs> you, when you tell a bad story, that's the director's job to tell a good story, and so you can't omit half the movie of him on Earth. Yeah, I'm not. <laughs> I'm not. All right. If you liked Blink, you would like this movie. Um, and I didn't have an answer to that, but I, I had an answer of, uh, if you like this, then you'll definitely like Apollo 13. Yeah, so, that's, so that's I, probably fair. I went, I went that route. Yeah. I reversed it. Yeah. Cause that was a good movie. All right. I, I would, I am anxious to hear. I don't know anybody else has seen this movie, so I'm anxious to hear what people say when they see the movie and listen to this hour and 20 minute podcast about the movie. <laughs> <laughs> All right, as usual. They're, they're going to see the movie and say, I'm not going to put another hour and 20 minutes into that. Probably. Yeah. Who knows? I mean, that's what podcasts are for. You turn them on in the background, and you yeah. see, you, you kind of dive in and out. There you go. All right. Well, like usual, go check us out at twoviewsmovies.com. Talk to us on Facebook. But most importantly, go out to one of the podcast stores and hit subscribe and leave us a rating and review to let us know what you think. Those help us out tremendously. And we will catch you next time.